with the Professor Nick Harrison. Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on ESPN 100.3 FM. ESPN New Orleans. Good morning. Sean, J. Will, and Max. I'm not saying that it hasn't been a disappointing three years for Josh Allen, right? But when it's all said and done, this dude has been to AFC Championship games. All I'm saying is he's been to six postseason appearances. Dak Prescott's been to five. Both of these quarterbacks are paid to do what? Advance their team. And neither has been able to do that. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Katengel. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Up on the cervical family chiropractic hotline. We'll get to Earl the Pearl here shortly. We reset things up. Who's coming up? Marlon Fairwright, 215. We've been talking about the Pels. Yes, they did lose yesterday their eighth straight game. That stinks. The positive, Kyra Lewis. Had a solid night, 15 points. Could he be somebody that could be helping this team coming up towards the end here of the season? And no good. Rebound Kyra. He is off coast to coast like a shot. And a lay-in. The speed of Kyra Lewis Jr. Yep, on the other end of the game. Giannis, he's going for 50. Right wing three. Yes, sir. He's got it. Why not? Again, uh, you did not have Brandon Ingram or C.J. McCullum in the starting lineup yesterday. Pels did play hard, just, I mean, you don't have the firepower, right? Um, so we've talked about that. We've talked, obviously, about the NFC and AFC championship games, and a lot of people are talking about the officiating. And we can talk about this this hour as well. I kind of started talking about it last hour. What can you do to fix it? The appearance of impropriety, the appearance of it being rigged. Mr. Earl, how are you today, sir? How's it going, baby? How are you doing, Uncle Earl? Uh, Winter's, you know, uh, two and a half week is college baseball. I can't wait for that starts because I don't give a rat, you know what, about the damn Super Bowl. And, and, and the pep, you know what, and I might be off base here, Goose. You remember the, the, the Ronnie Lots of the world, the Drew Breeds, the, what I'm getting at, I, I'm starting to second guess some of these guys with these injuries, the toughness. I'm all off base with that a little bit. Um, man, didn't Ingram play the other night? Why did he play uh, like two nights ago, last night? Being cautious, I guess, on a back-to-back. Just got back, he hadn't played for two months. Same reason LeBron and, and AD I'm all off base today. about the toughness, Goose, or is that I'm different not, I, animals when Ronnie Lott and all these guys were playing? I think... It's twofold, right? So you can maybe say today's athlete is different in a handful of ways. And primarily, I think it's they cost more. I mean, let's just be honest. They cost more, right? They cost more. So, I mean, you want them on the court as much as possible. And I think people have realized, and it's not just them, it's fans. We, we've all, we've all made winning postseason games and winning championships the end all be all. So I think whether it's load management, whether it's being abundantly more cautious and taking longer, because you're, you're not wrong in that when I grew up, I mean, you twist your ankle, you tape it up, you, can you walk? You go play. Now, you tend to wait and make sure the player is healthy, and then you wait a little longer to make sure they're they're really not healthy so there's no chance of re-injury and things of that nature, right? I mean, it's why you hear John talk about it. There's a reason why he or Hokey, when I was in training camp, and I just I saw the amount of injuries in their body being riddled that way because they probably played when they were not fully recovered or healthy or played with an injury. I mean, I'm just being honest. So I think one of the reasons you see it longer now, Uncle Earl, it's it's the way 
modern medicine is or understanding how injuries and treatment are now, how lingering effects can affect you more, um, all of that. And then you take into account money. And if a guy's yeah, 30 big... million and a guy is that, and th- then are you risking him for a game? No offense, you know, and I'm not saying this is the case, but there's a reason B.I., I mean, um, LeBron and AD aren't playing today. And it's against the Nets. That's a marquee game, right? But why, well. Oh, yeah. Um, because you're probably looking at the season, you're assessing, you're not going to get to the fourth or fifth or whatever, but even because of the West the way it is, if you get everybody healthy and you make a run later after the All-Star break, you can make your run. They just got to get into postseason, right? So, Goose, the, the, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't want to cut you. Man, looking at the speaking of that, like a, there's not separation much from where we at to like the 12th team right. in the West. And that That's I'm glad scary. you brought that up because it sounds scandalous. It sounds horrible to say <laughs> one month from today or one month ago. December 30th, the Pelicans were in first place. On Ugh. January 30th, there is, they're in eighth. It's a free fall. They're, I, I, look, I hear you. You don't want it to be that. But when you don't have your top two players for the entire month, I mean, it matters. So, I mean, that, that's, that is why you have fallen from first place. I, I don't know how to make that any clearer for anyone else. It's not that LeBron can't, it's not that, um, Zion can't make a bucket that B.I. hits the side of the backboard. I mean, they're all not on the court. I mean, I mean, it's like, that's a big difference. And to your point, when you look at the, the third spot, okay, first and second, they've separated themselves a bit. The, the, the Grizzlies are two games behind the Nuggets, and third are the Kings, who we're going to see here on Sunday. They're six back, seven and a half back of the Clippers. So that's just a game and a half. Two back are the T-Wolves in fifth. The Warriors, two and a half. They're the same as the Mavericks, two and a half. The Pelicans, two and a half. The Suns are two and a half. Back of third of the Kings. So, if you, and, and again, and the Pelicans are one and nine in their last ten. They've lost twelve of fifteen. But you're only two and a half games out of third. Does that make sense? So that's what I'm saying. That's (laughs) that's why I'm not panicking. I'm like, if Zion comes back next week, next week, it might be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and those games or the the game after that, he's not going to be gone, I think, another three weeks just based off of what he said and and what Coach is saying. He's progressing and he's doing more. I mean, three weeks is an awful long time. So if he's back in, say, two and a half weeks or two weeks from today, like as in next week, and Beyond's well, already now played two to three weeks. Then, then, then you're good. I mean, you still got you know twenty three games Let's after get the All Star break. You just got to make up two games. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. Goose. What, uh, in your own opinion, yeah. how big a, uh, a loss was that for the uh, uh, Nielsen guy going to to Atlanta? And I think it's huge. Ryan Nielsen's a good guy. Um, yes, a, a good coach. Good defensive coordinator. Made a lot of that that line. When they were healthy, you know, and I know a lot of people say, well, the defensive line hasn't been that good or it wasn't that good this year. They weren't healthy. I mean, you got to have healthy players, <laughs> you know, yeah. to do things. But, but there's a reason that so many teams try to get them. There's a reason LSU try to get them before Sean Payton blocked them. You're not doing that to somebody that you don't think is good uh, and can do that. So, no, man, it, it's a loss. Look, we saw – in some of those seven and nine seasons, it's not talked about a lot, but we mentioned it on the show a ton. The brain um, drain that I called it, right? Curtis Johnson going to Tulane, a couple of other coaches leaving as well. Dennis Allen leaving to the Raiders. You lost a lot of coaches in that three-year span, which is part of the reason you went seven and nine. You have to replace those coaches with equal, if not better coaches. So, um, that's why this is an interesting offseason. It's not just who's your quarterback, where's the receiver, what, you know, defensive lineman. Those are all very real questions. But at the same time, you know, coaching staff decisions are, are going to be just, just as key. Unbelievable. Hey, Goose, always a pleasure. Have a great week, my buddy. You too, man. Take care. Uncle Earl. I want to play again earlier what Brandon Ingram was saying. This is after the game Saturday. And he was asked, dude, what's up with the offense? Because 
in 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 this stretch right now where they're not winning very many games, a lot of it is because of the offense has struggled. But but listen to what Brandon Ingram says. Well, I feel that right now um, we're putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to <clears throat> kind of score the basketball, and people have been in different positions where they haven't done these things um, for Dyson, for Trey, for her trying to be playmakers and um, kind of taking them out their games a little bit, trying to do something different. So we just got to get back to people's strengths and playing the way that we want to play, um, making sure that they're, they're comfortable out there and playing the way they want to play. Um, I think that's that's what's been happening through these injuries, me and Z being out, um, CJ having to kind of take the role of um, being a point guard and making sure everybody involved. So. I think we at a point where we have to continue to learn. Um, we we get a pass with playing off talent sometimes, so we just got to learn to learn the game a little better. Coach Green on this. Continue to trust each other, share the ball even more, and guys have to be ready to not just knock down shots, but have, just continue to have a we score mentality. That's what made our offense pretty elite to start the season, and right now, you know, we're just. It's not there, um, so we got to find it. And look, the other thing, too, that we, we touched on, this was last week. I think it's a confidence issue, right? I mean, winning breeds confidence, losing takes it away. I mean, that's reality. You see that with everybody. Saints played better when they felt more confident and when that locker room had no, you know, that void of leadership, things like they played differently. Um, but this was Coach Green after a recent loss. We got to be consistent, and right now we're not. And it's the common theme with our group over the last, you know, four or five games or so is that it's always one quarter where it just gets away, and it's something I got to figure out, and something our team has to figure out, um, and we will, but. Right now, we're just going through it, and we, we, we have to pick up our juice and, and be consistent doing it. Right, and then it was this. It's a combination, um, but we're in the toughest stretch of uh, our season as far as games. And as we going through this stretch, we're also, we, we also were missing guys. So we're asking guys to take, once again, steps up. And sometimes our guys think that that means – you know, more dribbles, more shots, but it all, it means more deflections, more rebounds, run harder, set better screens. They understand that, and but those are the points that we got to get across. We'll be fine. Uh, it's a part of it. It's a part of our growth. We have to go through this. We'll stay together. We'll continue to grind, and, you know, we'll get back on track. And I just think it's different, a little different than what we've seen in seasons and in teams past where you don't know if you can actually do it and have those players. That's why I said, yeah, yesterday you lost. You didn't have B.I. or C.J. and you took on a full, healthy Milwaukee team with Giannis. I mean, it is what it is. You didn't have the firepower. I mean, you just don't. But you had seven players in double figures. You had Kyra have a good, like, you're starting to see, okay, those guys that got double digits yesterday, what if they come off the bench? What if they come off as a role player rather than being a starter? Alvarado started yesterday. He's not a starter. So he's got to get healthy. Mark, thanks for calling us, man. What you got? Hello, Mark. Hey. Uh, hey, buddy. You there? Yep. Okay. Sorry. I had uh, I think I was a speaker. So, you know, look, we all know it's a two-season game. You know, before the before the All Star break, after All Star break, you know, you had a guy call a while ago. What's the percentage of the of the Pelicans making the, the playoffs? It's a hundred percent. You know, they got to they're going to be above a you know they're going to be above five hundred before All Star break, and we know how passionate these guys are now. When they know what their focus is going to be later, they, you know, and you get everybody back. I mean, missing Zion is, is that's. You know, we all know how good the Saints were when Drew Brees left. You know, you you, you miss it. You miss that guy. Um, that just as uh, as as your buddy the graph calls uh, says a lot. You know, 
the guy who draw, who who has his own gravity, right? And Antonio Davis talks about it all the time on a, on a broadcast. You know, he just draws two, three people every time. It's going to open everything up for everybody else. But, right. um, you know, look, you never see him quit. There's not a person on that team that doesn't go out there and just do everything. I think, unfortunately, right now, some of them are just trying to overplay. And that's causing some problems. Herb might be pushing a little bit too much, causing him some foul problems. You know, CJ or, you know, or somebody taking shots that they wouldn't necessarily always take, but because they're trying to press it, they're trying to take these shots that they just wouldn't, wouldn't always normally take. And it's, you know, it's a bad shot or it's a bad read or something like that just because you're, you're playing too hard. You know, kind of like when you're playing golf and you're trying to just get that extra 10% out of your driver. Right. You're going to hit it. You're just not sure exactly where it's going. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, no. they're still, and look, are they still fun to watch? And if they're still fun to watch, even when they're struggling, you know they're playing their butts off. And you know you're going to not ever lose our support when you're playing that hard. Right. You know? And look, they're going to be above 500 before before the All-Star break. Z is going to come back after the All-Star break. Everybody's going to be nice and healthy. And then you get that you get that next run. And, you know, yes, you can lose eight games in a row. But you know what? You can win eight games in a row, too. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I know you're an eighth. But you're, you're three games from third. You're two and a half, yeah. think, right? Two and a half. Two and a half, man. Two and a half from third. I mean, and, so. and if you if it's one of the teams ahead of you, you really literally one game. You know, right. there's like that's a whole game, game. Right there. That Sacramento game Sunday is kind of key here at the Smoothie King Center. Thank you, man. Appreciate yep. the phone call, hey, Mark. Bud. Yep. When we come back, we will find out how Marlon Favorite feels about his offensive coordinator now being the offensive coordinator in Los Angeles. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Wow, it's that time of year again at Craig LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Great deals like never before. Never before. Shop now for a huge selection of new Toyotas in stock and more arriving daily. Great dealer discounts on all the new and pre-owned Toyotas in stock. Get two years free maintenance too. Just click and save at GregLeBlancToyota.com. But you've got to hurry to take advantage of these great prices. Greg's got the deals as your low price leader. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, 220 South Hollywood Road in Homa. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. After redshirting his first year at Ohio State, Joe Burrow spent the next two years as JT Barrett's backup. With Dwayne Haskins on the roster, Burrow didn't see much playing time and decided to transfer. LSU head coach Ed Orgeron zeroed in on Burrow and landed him. In his second season at LSU, Burrow led the Tigers to a 15-0 record, a national championship, and arguably the best season ever by a college quarterback. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. Teams that win college bowls have great recruits. And great recruiting starts with great conversations. That's why when you post a job for free, LinkedIn Jobs taps into a network of over 875 million professionals to find the right people for your role. LinkedIn Jobs helps you narrow down to only the most qualified candidates, which means you can start hiring the right people faster. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports to post your job for free. That's LinkedIn.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets makes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Well, well, well. Marlon Fave, right at Big Fave. I will forward to follow over on Twitter. Marlon, how are you this afternoon? Happy Monday. Happy Monday, Gus. Uh, how's it going, man? How was your weekend, my brother? It's good. You know, it's nice. Got to hang out a little bit with the kid. And um, how are you doing, though, man? How, how are you doing, man? I mean, you know, pretty much there's no one remaining on the Cowboys staff. And apparently, 
Kellen Moore, not good enough for you guys, but good enough for the Los Angeles Chargers to be their new offensive coordinator. How do you feel about that, man? I think publicly all that came out wrong. The thing is, Mike McCarthy wanted to take over as a play caller. You know, like, Coach Payton went through that. You know, both of these guys, they won one Super Bowl. So they feel like they could come back with that. Now, for young Kellen Moore, I mean, it just spoke volumes about how explosive that Cowboys offense was. Anytime that organization wants him to hold the keys to the Ferrari of Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how, that's how good things were there. So here, here's my conspiracy theory. This is all being orchestrated by Jerry Jones. He understands that Sean is not doing it this year, and it's going to look bad for Mike. So getting rid of Kellen Moore, McCarthy says now he's going to be the play-by-play caller. Um, that way when they fail and you guys miss the playoffs next year and it's terrible, Jerry can be like, aha. And then here comes Sean to save the day. What do you think? It's tough. I, I just don't think. And I, and I talked about this on FanView. Uh, I just don't think that that he wants to be in Dallas. Coach, like, it's it's not necessarily that I've been there, done that thing. It's just I believe that Coach Payton wants that control. And it's not just about control in terms of power. I mean, just control. You know, you don't want somebody hovering over your asking about, you know, X, Y, and Z, as opposed to just, hey, man, you hired me to do this job. So I just don't see that as a landing spot. I just don't. But boy, oh boy, man, we, we got a lot to look forward to here. Yeah. So let's see what happens moving forward when it comes to that here. As far as the two games yesterday, man, I, I know officiating is a big topic. And we'll get to the play here in a quick second. But I want to ask you, because I'm having a back and forth, back and forth here just in um in text messages. Scott Craig, John, 4K, a couple of us here as well. What what exactly can you do to help officiating? I mean, you work with kids, you've played, you've done it at all the levels. Marlon, how how do you improve officiating as a former player? I think that the officials should have detrimental penalties in terms of fines like the players do. So, like, if you make a bad call, like that whole crew get fined, so now it's like all oh, that, all oh, that ref that because they come together for the call. So if it if it goes through an extensive, let's say review board, I know you have Gene on TV uh, as one of the uh, play-by-play analysts. I'm sorry, not play-by-play uh, referee analyst, and he's like, oh, that's a close call. I would if I was if I was Coach Shanahan, I would have challenged that. Like. Yeah, now that when it comes back into the review, you might get fined like a play. You might get fined $10,000 or something like that. I think they would be more careful in the calling if they had fines like players did. I don't know. I'm just jogging that. It's interesting because consequences, right, It's kind of what you're saying. I'm with you. I do think because it's something we'll we'll probably revisit again on Thursday when we get all the guys together, but I think that's what a lot of people want. Just some not 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 the pool reporter that gets to go and speak with the official, but if the coaches have to do it, if Marlon, while you're getting dressed, if that linebacker for the Bengals yesterday, he stood in there and took questions after, you know, shoving Mahomes and giving them a field goal on that had to be tough. Well, why not the officials? Right? I mean, I think that's only fair. Hey, what were you seeing there? What did you see there? Like, why? I guess, you know, open it up to be able to be criticized as well or at least have to answer as to why you made a call a certain way. I, I think that's something that the league can do, right? I mean, if you, if everybody else on that field has to, well, you'll get fined. If you don't do your presser, if you don't open the locker room, like, they have to speak, then officials should as well, don't you think? Yeah, you, you're holding players accountable. You're holding coaches accountable. Um, everybody involved is being held accountable, but the refs. Like, the refs are making calls. And I, I retweeted this morning. I forget who it was. Shout out to whoever posted this. But it was a side-by-side of the Hayden Hurst no-call versus the St. Louis um, Saints. St. Louis, I'm taking it back when I played. L- L.A. Rams in, in the Saints no-call a few years back. 
and and it's it's time. I mean, I know everybody down here, all the Saints fans, is with this for sure. Like they got, especially after that, like that was our ticket to the Super Bowl, and they win in 2018. <clears throat> it was, but for us to go there and and that happened for the Saints, it, it's it's crazy. So yeah, they, it's it's more layers, it's fines, it's explaining, it's all of the stuff that'll make them uncomfortable. Like like you breathe on a quarterback, you're getting fined ten thousand right. dollars. Y'all make a bad call, ten thousand for y'all too. Hello, somebody. All right, so something else that a lot of fans um, mention as well, Marlon, is making them full-time, officials full-time. And, and and it's not that I'm saying don't. I just don't know how that improves. I, I think you're either a good official or you're not. You know, um, I, I don't know. Like, is there rest school during the week? Like, I don't know. How, how do you improve being able to see if that's a hold or not? You know what I mean? Other than, like, film study. But I, I don't know if making you a full-time employee, what exactly are you doing Monday through Friday? You're doing, like, workouts? Are you getting in better shape? Like, I, I don't know. I, I legitimately, I'm not trying to be funny. I don't know. How can you, if I was going to make you an official, Marlon, what would you do to be a better official? Uh, film study is one thing. I, I think if they constantly go over, all right, and, and I know they do this, but again, it's a part-time job, so they're not doing it quarterly. Uh, so I, I would say definitely film study. Okay, this is a close call. This is okay. This is a clear call. I think doing that. Uh, and then with this has never happened. I think the coaches and the refs meeting annually just to kind of talk through some things, so the the coaches could prepare the players even better because each year I can remember in the league if 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 it's a new call implemented or if it's a, a type of call that that is constantly being thrown out that that's common amongst players what you can do is have like an annual meeting with the coaches and really take us into your world so we can prepare our players better so I think those are two things to look at that exercise right there and of course uh making sure that these guys watch more film. I got you. Um, what did you think of the two games, man? What um, what stood out to you in the AFC and NFC Championship game? I'll start with the NFC Championship game. I think San Francisco still loses if Purdy doesn't get hurt or not. And it shouts out to my boy Josh Johnson, who got in there. He's number 17 for the 49ers. Cool story about Josh. Gus, I know our listeners love my journeyman story. And I, the fact that I bounced around the 10 NFL teams, I think Josh is, like, on 17 teams. Like, he almost played for every NFL team. He entered the league before I did, and he's still playing. So I think him and Josh McCown, ironically speaking, two of my old teammates, uh, get the journeyman award. But I think in the San Francisco game, uh, the 49ers show where they're stronger on all three levels than most NFL teams. But they struggled against the Cowboys, but we'll leave that alone. Um, not an AFC championship game. Bad calls, Gus. I thought it was it was a, a handful of bad calls, with the exception of that push at the end um, by the Bengals defender. In, in my opinion, Gus, you had two guys. You're looking at two two of the more more um, top tier elite quarterbacks in our league, and Mahomes and Joe Burrow. And the score went to expect went, went as expected. Just <laughs> yeah. a three point. Uh, win, man. So it was a good game. I think I, I think the NFL got it right this weekend in in terms of orders of the game. I thought that the AFC Championship game was a bit more excited, and I think this would be an awesome uh, Super Bowl in two weeks. Yeah, uh, like I said, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in two weeks. I think that health uh, thing is going to help KC. They were missing a lot of different players here as well, but I know you're going to love it because it's going to be something that we're going to touch on when that game comes, and that is inside the trenches. That is going to be a battle there, right? Because, man, I don't know if you go follow Brian Baldinger over on Twitter, but he has posted some videos of what the Eagles' offensive line was doing to some of San Francisco D linemen. I mean, Marlon, they were tossing them like ping pong balls. Dude, just here you go. Over there, it's just moving. Elite. Yes. Elite. And this cool, man. Uh, my boy Brandon Graham, uh, I played with him in Philly. So, and this is a tough one for me, Gus, right? These are two of my former employers. So it's like, who do you go for? So I, I figured it out. 
Little Marlin is a Kansas City Chief fan, so I'm going with the Eagles. So I'm gonna pick the Eagles on this one. Sounds weird being a Cowboys fan, but hey, man, if it's your right. if you're two old teams, you don't know who to go for. <laughs> can't beat them, join them. I hear you. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Marlin favorite, Cowboy now, Eagles fan. Well, you're not a fan. You're just picking them. You're just picking them. I hear you. Just picking them. Just picking them. And then look, it's, it's, it's old. I suppose I get I get emails from the Eagles all the time for, for different events for their uh you know local local players still. So I need to go visit. You know they'll probably beat me up for repping the Cowboys. No, nah, that's fine. Look, just take Scott Craig with you. He's going to have to do something with that Joe Burrow jersey. So you know I know he likes some, some Chauncey Gardner Johnson jersey. I'm sure we'll see that on Thursday as well. Um, I, I love his approach. Anybody that's winning that isn't the New Orleans Saints. That's that's kind of what he's going to be a fan. Oh of no, <laughs> not as I work. I don't know if you checked out my new Heart of a Champion video, but I got my Saints jersey on. Oh, it's all love. It's there all it is love. with the Super Bowl patch, sir. Love it. All right, my man. Take care, buddy. Peace. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen, Marlon Favorite. 800-998-1003. We have an open segment. If you want to come in and join in the conversation, you can do so. You're listening to ESPN in New Orleans. Thibodeau Regional Health System was recently named one of the nation's 50 top cardiovascular hospitals by IBM Watson Health. This award for delivering the best quality and most cost-effective heart and vascular care is important. Why? Because high-quality heart care close to home is not only convenient, it's life-saving. When it comes to matters of the heart, choose the experts at Thibodeau Regional. Missing teeth can adversely affect speech, digestion, and how someone chews their food. Studies show that missing even a single tooth can lead to being self-conscious feelings of depression, and low self-esteem. Tooth loss can negatively impact nutrition, as your diet may be limited to softer, often unhealthy foods. That's why dental implants are a long-term investment in your overall health. With implants, there are fewer diet restrictions, better bone preservation than dentures, and they won't affect neighboring teeth like bridges. Implants look and feel natural and can last for many years. Don't let missing teeth stop you from enjoying life. Make an informed decision. Properly placed dental implants can be a long-lasting solution for missing teeth when placed by the surgical experts. Your smile and health are too precious to trust to just anybody. Oral and maxillofacial surgeons are the trusted specialists, having undergone extensive education and training, making them the experts in face, mouth, and jaw surgery. This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. My name is Stephanie Simeon. I am the Executive Director for the Workforce Development Board. We want our community back in Lake Charles. We offer a plethora of services, education, financial assistance, supportive services. We are here to put you back to work, Louisiana. Find out how the Louisiana Workforce Commission can help you at laworks.net. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. The Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. If you would like to chime in, buddy, we'll take your phone calls here. A couple of things to touch on here as well from the NFL. Jason Fitz. Had this to say from the morning show earlier today. Why is it not rigged? Because everybody says the officiating was so bad it must be rigged. That is <laughs> the stupidest take in the history of fandom. Why? Because we, the idiots that consume football, will watch football no matter who's playing. Guess what? Everybody will watch the Super Bowl no matter what two teams are in it. Everybody will watch the Super Bowl no matter who's playing. And everybody will watch the Super Bowl no matter how they got there. Why would the NFL rig a product when they don't need to? If you know that you can roll out the worst product possible and still get more viewers than anybody else anytime, anywhere, there is no monetary advantage to rigging anything. If you're going to take the risk of rigging something, it would be for benefit. There's no benefit. I just need people to hear that officials can suck without the league turning around and saying, well, this is what we need to do to get the right result. The league doesn't care because we're all dumb enough to watch no matter what they put in there. Good point on both sides, right? So, how do you fix it, though? I mean, I hear what Marlon was saying, too. I, I like the consequences, I guess. It's like at anything else, right? 
any job, any workplace environment, you do have that, don't you? If you don't do your job, reprimands, getting written up, things of that nature. Um, if coaches don't win, they get fired. If players don't perform well, they get released. Right? I mean, we, we have our yearly who's on the bus. It's because players didn't perform well. So, I, I think it's more about either they're good or not. It, to me, legitimately, it, it's just like if a draft pick hits or not. Player that you pick up in free agency works out or not. I mean, Marlon's saying, look, they can watch film study. Okay. How many times do I have to watch a hold, though? Because here's the problem. This isn't sort of like I'm learning a player's tendency on how to block them or things of that nature. Hear what I'm saying. Like Marcus Spears was saying this, I think last week on NFL Live too, on, you know, when, when you look at film, you're looking at how the offensive lineman, he puts his hand in the dirt or, you know, he backs away with his left shoulder. It's, it's going to be a pull, things of that nature. You can sort of do that. A hold is different every time that you have the characteristics of a hold, of a pass interference, but no two are the same. Does that make any sense? Like, your ability to be a good official, I think, comes down to the ability to quickly recognize characteristics of a play, yes or no. I was mentioning to this, I think it was to Todd, it was uh, Saturday, or was it the last home game that was here? It was one of those plays where the official was in front of the Pelicans bench. Jonas had his back to the official. The player guarding him flops, makes a movement that made it look like Jonas pushed off an elbow or ducked the shoulder and whatever, and the official blew a foul. He's looking at characteristics. He's looking at there's a body move in a certain direction or something like that, then more than likely it's going to be a foul. The game's too fast, and that's what I'm saying. I can sit there with my iPad all day, every day, looking at 1,000 different holding calls over the weekend. How is that helping me specifically identify or look at what a hole can be or not? I think either, like, I, I can make the case and argument better shape. First off, most of these referees look like they're ripped. They look like, you know, wrestlers. Get to the phone call in about 10 seconds. But maybe being in position to be in better shape. Okay? That, that, that sounds like something that we can work on. Right? I'm just trying to think of how I can work on if it's a late hit or not. I just think it's going so fast. And a lot of times at a distance for you to be able to see that. And then you have what you saw yesterday. Since when does reaching for the first down give you the first down? It's not a goal line. I think officials are confused. I'm confused. I'm confused. Forward progress at the first down marker gives you that. But he brings the ball back and then he gets tackled. So I guess they're saying when he reached out, that was forward progress? I thought the only time he could do that was the goal line if the ball crosses the plane. I didn't know if the ball crosses that yard marker, then it's a first down. Because I've seen in the past a runner get the first down, then run backwards two steps and get tackled, and that's where the ball is placed. So that's confusing to me. I think officials literally are confused because they keep changing the rules. Um, is it Beamer? The Hello? Beamer, man, come on. Oh, gotcha, man. How you doing, bud? Yeah, it's a long time, no, no talk. I've been thinking about this, uh, how to improve the officiating. Two things you can do. Okay. I'm talking football. All right? Get rid of the uh, automatic first down. Um, and the second thing is no more stop fouls. Set it 5, 10, 15, that's it. If you're third and 22... Not committed a penalty that gives you an automatic first down, but that's not right. So if you do that, I think that'll help the officials. 
he's able to get screwed on us, you do something that gives that that's guaranteed a, a first down, then you can have him fourth and for, third and forever. They chuck the ball up and they get an automatic first down. You get yeah. rid of that, that, that takes care of some of the officiating problems. <laughs> Yeah, no, I so, mean, uh, I think that was Eli Apple's hold, right? Gave him a first down on third down, third oh and long. Dude, that, that was one. You know what? Cincinnati screwed up when one of the things I thought they should have done when it's the beam, I think we lost you. Oh, there we go. Say that again. We lost you. You went in and out. When, um, when Cincinnati added the two minute warning. And they had a play call right before it. They should have run that play and got the clock under two minutes, and then got the timeout. Mm-hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs wouldn't have had any uh, time to do what they did. Plus, they had that uh, that third and third and three. I forgot if it were after the two minute warning or not. When they chucked the ball down the field, and they got picked off. You need three yards. Just, just get the first down. You want to milk the clock and, and score and have and have the position, have the ball at the end, you know? Right. They they, they screwed that up. That's just my position on that part. Yeah. No, I like I said, man. I I think when you look at not not just plays, officials, the way they call. I look, and I also think too, if we if we're going by replay and we're using all these different things. I think that's affected him too. I, you know, I legitimately can you probably rattle off what are reviewable, what's not reviewable. Probably some of the things that should be reviewable um, aren't. Uh, yeah, the things that are the things that are reviewable are things that turn games around. Yeah, like hold. I mean, hold, what's a hold? That's a, that's a totally subjective thing. Sometimes I, I see a hold and they don't call it, and it's Guys looking right at it, yeah. And something are not old. They they call it. It's like yeah. I think it was what number sixty five on the Mahomes run right before the field goal when he gets shoved out of bounds. There, a lot right. of people are pointing out that sixty five is absolutely holding the Bengals player and allows Mahomes to step up and then eventually scramble and no flag. So right again. So that's all I have, man. Oh, yeah, and belated happy birthday, so. <laughs> Thank you, man. Good to hear from you, Nabima. <laughs> yeah, no problem, bro. Yeah, man, always a pleasure, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Always, uh, always a pleasure. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, it's, so I'm trying to think of how you, you fix it. I, I almost think the best way to fix it is just by adding other eyes and, and sets, cause, what the NBA official Twitter page, uh, tweeted is true. Officials do make mistakes. But if there are methods and there are ways to correct them, then let's do so. Again, I still can't understand because didn't they review it? I mean, they went and looked at the play where the Chiefs running back extends the ball towards the first down marker, and they gave him the first down. They called it forward progress. I, I it, The goal line, if the ball crosses a line, it, it stops. That's I've never seen that before. I never heard that. It's forward progress. And he's a yard short of that, but I guess it's where the ball, I, I don't know. I, again though, it's interpretation. It's interpretation. If I'm still moving forward and the ball is extended and then I'm starting to bring, being, I'm starting to get pulled backwards. Now you're stopping my forward progress, but if my arm's extended with the ball out, should it be there? Should it be where my body is? Again, all about it, interpretation. Some of those calls were, Again, I, the only thing that I think that you can do is you make everything reviewable. No, you don't have to make it 15 challenges and it'll make the, the game five hours at, but you, you have an official upstairs watching a monitor. And as it happens, if something happens, you hit a button, head referee goes, huh? Say it in his ear. Hey man, like the Devontae Smith thing, he dropped the ball. That's an incomplete pass. That's an incomplete pass. Right? The official's watching it on TV just like you are. All he has to do is hit the button. The official blows a whistle. Play is stop. The official upstairs goes, hey, man, um, Devontae dropped that ball. It's an incomplete pass. Referee says, okay. Hits his mic. 
per the eye in the sky, the, uh, you know, the receiver for the Eagles dropped the ball second down. That's it. I, that's it. I actually think the best way to fix officiating and help officiating isn't making them full time because I don't know how that helps you. Either you can see it or not. The problem I think it is, it's the game's too fast. It's hard to do. So the best way to do it is use technology and use the eyes of a camera. You want to fix officiating, make it something like that. You've seen it happen in some of these other leagues, the XFL and all that stuff when it was on for a bit. You, you, you have the sky judge and that's what they're doing. They're watching the monitor. They're watching a monitor. If for an incompletion or something like that, hit the button. None. Miss a hold. You want to do that? Fine. You want to do pass interference or not? Fine. But you can do that. That makes sense. I don't know. That's me. Sports Hangover continues with final segment next on ESPN New Orleans. Wow! It's that time of year again at Craig LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Great deals like never before. Never before. Shop now for a huge selection of new Toyotas in stock and more arriving daily. Great dealer discounts on all the new and pre-owned Toyotas in stock. Get two years free maintenance too. Just click and save at GregLeBlancToyota.com. But you've got to hurry to take advantage of these great prices. Greg's got the deals as your low price leader. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, 220 South Hollywood Road in Homa. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 3-2 stall restroom air-conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. Water safety tips from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. Big talker, ain't you? Man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Cattingham on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Welcome back. Sports Hangover 800-998-1003. couple of tidbits here from the national folks over on the network. Jeremy Fowler was asked, hey, what are San Francisco's quarterback options? Raphael and I talked a little bit about that earlier today in the show. I've talked to some teams around the league who say that maybe Trey Lance and Brock Purdy have some sort of QB competition, or they could get Lance's trade value up that way if they want to stick with Purdy. Like They're going to have a lot of options. They've long had an affinity for Tom Brady, so who knows, maybe they go that route. The only relatively safe bet is that Jimmy Garoppolo will probably be a bridge starter for another team this coming year, March free agency. All right. As far as Tom Brady and his options. Now we got Tom Brady. This guy has options very much so. Raiders figure to be in the mix and the Bucks are trying to get a new offensive coordinator right now. I'm told part of their plan is to try to lure Tom Brady back. They feel like, hey, you're comfortable here. We've won big here. We have plenty of weapons. We can surround you with some talent. So Raiders, Bucks, and probably one other. There'll be a mystery team out there, whether it's Sam Fran or somebody else, but he'll have at least three healthy options going into this offseason. Hmm. All right, so that gives you an idea of maybe that being a target for San Francisco. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't buy trading Trey Lance as well. Um, you saw at times this season some of the things that he was able to do, his ability, and he traded a lot to go ahead and get him. And the only reason he's not playing wasn't your starters because he got hurt. I don't know. Right? So, it'll be interesting to see if that's going to be an option or not. And yes, I've already seen one or two Saints fans say, what about here? Why? You don't even know here. <laughs> the offensive coordinator is. Not that it's a bad thing. I'm just, just saying you. Kind of don't know. Kind of don't know. Right? 
Now again, Keyshawn Johnson, we played this early, said absolutely go get him if you're San Fran. Here's my dream scenario for Johnny Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. There's a guy in South Florida who's 45, 46 years old. Tom Brady's his name. I'm going to have a conversation with him come free agency, and I'm going to say, hey, you get to ride off into the sunset with essentially the same type of team that you had when you left New England and you went to Tampa. All I need you to do is teach Brock Purdy and Trey Lance how to play football. All I need you for is a year. And guess what? You are a little boy. Remember that jersey that you wore hmm. in Joe Montana? This could be your dream scenario. There he is. Uh, the other big topic this morning was about Pat Mahomes and how great he is. Patrick Mahomes. He's going to his third Super Bowl in five years after hosting five consecutive AFC championship games. He's about to win his second MVP. He already has a Super Bowl MVP through the first five seasons as a starter. Patrick Mahomes. It's not close. The greatest quarterback who ever lived. Not close. There is no one in his category when you add it all up. Speaking of Pat Mahomes. He was asked, what's it like to play in five straight AFC title games? It's hard for me to comment on it. Me, my goal is to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, the AFC Championship is something that I'll forever remember, winning that Lamar Hunt trophy at Arrowhead Stadium. The, to me, the job's not finished. Uh, I mean, all you can think about is that how, how are you going to get better? I mean, we're playing – I mean, this is a great football team that we're going up against. I think you've seen that the last few weeks and this whole entire season. Um, so I know I should take the best that we got, um, and that's going to take us preparing this next week and the next week after that um, to go out there and play our best football. All right. Oh, wow. Look at that. Roy popping up there on my phone. Huh? Look at that, Roy. Just in the nick of time before we wrap up the show to let me know the Saints will be 5-12 and 12 next season. <laughs> it starts already. Uh, I thought for sure you'd have called today. For sure I thought you'd have called today to talk about your coaching staff moves. Y'all are back, baby. Well, at least, at least it's good to know you're, you're still around. You're still around as he, uh, now predicts the Saints will be 5 and 12 next year. The Saints will take on Falcons, Bucks, Panthers, Bears, Lions, Jags, Titans, and Giants here at home and away. The Saints will take on the Packers, Texans, Colts, Vikings, Rams, and New England Patriots aside from the division teams. There you go. Well, thank you, Roy, for chiming in and letting us know that it'll be... I, you know what? I'm okay with that. Because then they'll be drafting high, and then the Saints can go get their quarterback of the future. So, Roy, I'm with you. I hope they go 5-12 next season. That's just me. Hey, Pelicans will play tomorrow at Denver. We'll talk about that. Plus, we'll talk about everything else that's going on in the world of sports tonight. Matt Muscone, after further review, is next on ESPN News.